This week in agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network with a look at markets. I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets uh, had a choppy week. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose's traders took risk premium off of the table on Friday. Financial problems with the banking industry, not only in the U.S. as we thought a week ago, but also it spread over into Europe with Credit Suisse. So, um, you know, that was a lot of risk off type of trade. I mean, we saw it in the hogs. We saw it uh, short covering in the wheat. We saw long liquidation in the uh, soybeans as they were long. But then we found some uh, fundamental buying by China three out of five days this week that supported corns. Bennett Consulting market analyst Matt Bennett said the grain traders came into the week not quite sure knowing how to handle that bank failure news. There's a lot of angst going on with this bank failure deal. Uh, so I think a lot of folks were unsure as to which way to kind of play it. Uh, but then whenever we were kind of coasting into the end of the overnight session, we saw a pretty good sell-off, especially, uh, you know, with corn. And so uh, the, the start of the day session actually was a, not a bad start. Corn was able to find some footing, and it's kind of trading mixed as we talk. You know, and as you suggest, beans are down and, and wheat's up. So I think there's a lot of, uh, in my opinion, uh, trying to figure out exactly where money should go at this time. At this time, I do think that there's a, a lot of jitters, for instance. And Northstar Commodities Chief Analyst Mark Schultz uh, says those same economic concerns weighed on the livestock market. Obviously on the wheat, you had the big sell-off as it goes in here uh, over the last uh, 14 to 20 days. So uh, you can get some bounces back here. Now how much we can do remains to be seen. But I, I wouldn't rule out that we couldn't go back to 7, 27, 30 on your uh, Chicago wheat. I wouldn't rule out that you go back and visit 880 on the Minneapolis wheat. Things like that I think are certainly a possibility. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzalo says caution over that banking stability or instability is justified. My understanding is there's over $600 billion of bond losses that are on the books and, and banks here in the United States alone. And I think that's where many people have wanted to try and think that maybe this is going to be over with in the next couple of days. I think we have to at least see what the Federal Reserve does next week how the market reacts to that, and I probably won't be able to give the all clear to my clients and subscribers as far as the equities and macro and the crude oil. Notice what the crude oil is doing, going down to levels not seen since December of 2021. I'm really not going to feel comfortable giving the all clear on that probably for a good two weeks at this point. Midwest Market Solutions President Brian Hoop says the uh, crop condition ratings supported the wheat market, that cattle market, continued to struggle. We're, we're struggling because we haven't seen that stronger cash trade. Last week was steady. This week the show list numbers are down. The box beef is higher at noon today. Um, so expectations are we're going to see some strength in the uh, in the cattle market, in the cash side of things here. And um, we haven't seen that translate into future strength yet. But we're, we're down getting into some support areas um, that fundamentally should mean we're, we're uh, undervalued a little bit with April cattle trade 163 and 165 to 166 trade last week. And uh, progressive ag marketing market analyst Brian Strauman said the livestock market continued to trade lower ahead of Friday's cattle on feed report. In the lower cash market this week, it looks like we're down about a dollar across the board. Uh, the outside markets are negative. Uh, that Dow Jones down, uh, you create some consumer demand concerns, but uh, the feeder cattle mixed. Uh, again, the front months are slightly lower. Uh, the red ink and the live cattle uh, spilling over. Uh, but a lower placement number is estimated, uh, again, for today's report. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan.
A lot of companies talk about being local, but what does that really mean? This is Shane with iRe Insurance, and for us, it means we grow up with you from your first car to the moment you take over the family farm or business. We go to all the same sporting events. We are there the first time your basement floods. At iRe Insurance, we are local, and rest assured when you trust us with your home, farm, auto, and crop insurance, you know that you are being taken care of by a local neighbor that cares. Check us out on the web at iRe to find a location and a local agent near you. We're the Red River Farm Network, and we're reporting agriculture's business. Trust Don Wick. There is pent-up demand that will surface. Randy Conan. Nearly 150 cargo ships are waiting to load. Whitney Pittman. And that loan program goals were met for a successful 2022 year. And Sierra Doctor. Says NCBA is trying to predict what changes will be made. To deliver the news that impacts your bottom line. Serving the best farmers and ranchers worldwide. It's the Red River Farm Network. A look at news this week in agriculture. I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. The American Farm Bureau Federation and CNH Industrial Brands, Case IH in New Holland, have signed a memorandum of understanding that provides farmers and ranchers the right to repair their own farm equipment. The MOU follows a similar agreement AFBF entered into with John Deere earlier this year. A coalition of 400 agricultural groups is asking Congress to provide an increase in funding for the 2023 Farm Bill. In a letter to lawmakers, the coalition said the recent ad hoc disaster programs do not provide a timely or reliable safety net for farmers. The letter was signed by Farm Bureau, Farmers Union and Trade Groups, representing everything from corn and soybean industries to specialty crop associations. News of the approved merger between the Canadian Pacific Railway and Kansas City Southern Railroad was met with mixed reactions. Soy Transportation Coalition Executive Director Mike Steenhook says the process of merging the railways was started in early 2021 and says the Surface Transportation Board approved the merger because the two rail lines don't have much overlap. When you look at the, the, the network map for both Canadian Pacific and Kansas City Southern, they're very distinct from one another. They don't, they don't overlap. They, they have a one common juncture, and that's at Kansas City. And so there are a number of agricultural shippers who are located on that Canadian Pacific network that will all of a sudden, with this acquisition, now they can look at the Kansas City Southern Network and places in the South Central United States and seeing there, there could be additional marketing opportunities for what they handle and, and what is produced. You know, one of the things that we know within supply chains is the more you can diversify your supply chain, the better. U.S. Wheat Associates and the National Association of Wheat Growers are disappointed that the merger was approved. U.S. Wheat Association President Vince Peterson says the green light was given without consideration to other agricultural shippers, saying the concern is in the decline of competitiveness of rail lines. We've already witnessed higher uh, higher rates in quarter service over the course of time, and, and we were concerned that, that further consolidation would lead towards more of that. Additionally, this is a Canadian railroad, one of the two major railroads that serve the Canadian market east east to west. They operate under very different circumstances in Canada with protections, regulations on rates and revenue caps, and they have different incentives about how they move and would consider movements down through the U.S. So we were concerned about the competition effect of additional Canadian supplies 
moving down both into the U.S. domestic and export markets through the consolidation of these railroads. The U.S. Surface Transportation Board Chair Martin Oberman said the merger was allowed because it will have a positive impact on the American economy and improve safety. The registration review for four organophosphate pesticides is not scheduled to be wrapped up until 2025-2026, but the EPA is taking accelerated early action due to potential risk to human health. The agency is meeting with the companies involved to discuss early risk mitigation. The possible changes include everything from new spray drift requirements to the cancellation of the registration. The Environmental Protection Agency has developed mitigation plan to deal with the onslaught of lawsuits over the Endangered Species Act. American Sugar Beet Growers Association Vice President of Government Affairs Zach Clark says this plan could fundamentally change farm production. To use certain chemistries, the proposed mitigation plan would require buffer strips, cover crops, and similar practices. Activist groups have sued EPA over the use of crop protection products. Clark said the courts could simply vacate the registration of certain protection tools. I'm Whitney Pittman, and this is your Look at News This Week in Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Being a young, beginning, or small farmer has many exciting opportunities. Egg Country Farm Credit Services is here to help navigate them and introduce options you may not know about. We take pride in working with young, beginning, and small farmers to leverage the resources you need to be successful. Whether it's special exceptions to credit underwriting or scholarships for continuing farm management education, we're here to help you. Get started by contacting your local Egg Country office. Don't miss the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on the Red River Farm Network. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, and wheat. We do that digging by talking with numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors in the North Harvest region or wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. So follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on this Red River Farm Network station. The dry bean scene brought to you by the North Harvest Bean Growers Association. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. Two well-organized weather systems bringing mostly light precipitation across the Midwest over the next couple of weeks. World Weather Incorporated says cool temperatures will limit drying across much of the Midwest and much of that will be left with saturated soils and will be vulnerable to flooding if a heavy rain would occur. The Red River of the North Basin will receive additional moisture as well, adding to the moisture in the snowpack, increasing the potential for more significant spring flooding. Temperatures expected to remain cooler than normal uh, through the end of March, which will limit snowmelt over the next few weeks. Parts of southern Brazil received beneficial rains this past week, with more expected throughout the weekend. World Weather Incorporated says field work will advance around those rains, but it will cause some additional delays to soybean harvest as well as second crop corn planting. Drier weather is expected to, to begin March 25th, with the driest areas of Argentina expected to see significant rains beginning Sunday, which will help the later planted crops. World Weather says relief from the dryness will be temporary, though, without follow-up rains. NDSU Extension Livestock Environmental Stewardship Specialist Miranda Meehan said just because the Midwest has received above-normal rainfall and snow doesn't mean soil moisture is guaranteed. And I think there's a little bit of an unknown because the moisture content of that snow is highly variable. Um, right before this past storm system, it was around 2 to 6 inches for most of the state. Um, and so that was, it just really varied. 
And the other thing that's going to impact how much this, how much benefit we get from the snow cover is how does it melt and the timing of that melting and if that has time to infiltrate and replenish our dry soils. Meehan says the outlook for pasture growth has been delayed due to the stunted tillers from last fall. So one thing that we know is that just because of that that tiller, um, lower tiller development that we've seen last fall, that we're going to see a one to two week delay in growth this spring because of that. Um, if you graze those pastures heavy, it's going to be even greater reduction and delay. And so we really want to make sure that we're waiting until those grasses reach grazing readiness so that we don't further impact production this growing season. And then in terms of precipitation, the spring is going to also play in there, as we've mentioned. Minnesota Department of Agriculture would like to expand the Endon Meso Network into Minnesota. Hydrologist Stefan Bischoff says MDA is seeking funding from the Minnesota State Legislature. Collectively, between MDA and the and Endon, we have 38 weather stations in Minnesota, and we've had a lot of support from various groups, commodity groups, farmers, researchers, uh, wanting the need for more local weather information, and we are. We have put a proposal with the legis- legislative session, and we are that it'll determine if we get some more funding, and we hope to expand this network across Minnesota to be able to be able to provide that local weather information. And Bischoff says the long-term goal is to have end-on stations spread across all of Minnesota's agricultural areas. We would like to um, expand more to southern Minnesota as well. Just We're kind of focusing on the, the ag areas in Minnesota to be able to provide that local weather information and the ag tools that are associated with that uh, information as well. Riders reporting significant shipping delays out of the Brazilian port of Paranaguá. Nearly 60 ships are waiting to dock. Another 100 vessels are scheduled to arrive in the next month. Some of the ships are reportedly taking up to 35 days to get loaded with new crop soybeans. With those delays, some of that business is being diverted to the port of Santos. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Weeds. Disease. Markets. If you grow dry beans, you're dealing with crop management pressures all season long. And while you're tough enough to handle the pressure, your dry beans aren't. That's why there's BASF. Our dry bean crop protection solutions relieve the pressure with better control start to finish. Contact your BASF retailer for better dry bean solutions all season long. Providing play-by-play for the business of agriculture, the Red River Farm Network. Unless our corn exports pick up uh, appreciably, and I don't see that happening. The farmer is, at the moment, uh, just not engaging on the cash sales side. We traded as low as seventy-seven fifty-nine. This is the first time we've been below $80 a barrel in uh, about seven weeks. Numbers are available anywhere, but when you want to know why the market is moving up or down, agriculture's first choice is the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. 